0: Hello and welcome to the Dad Genes Podcast. My name is Deedon and along with my co-hosts, Harris and Brian, each episode will unpack, examine, and discuss the DNA of healthy fathering. While all three of us are fathers, the road to fatherhood has been different for each of us. It's our hope that those differences and the perspectives they bring will only add to the conversation. Thanks for listening. In this episode, we'll talk about the challenge of finding balance. We welcome friend of the pod, co-founder and executive director of Fathering Together, Brian Anderson, to join the conversation. We'll explore the notion of balance, joke about imaginary mandatory classes for expecting parents, and some of the real-life programming that Fathering Together is lining up to support fathers. But before we do all that, let's check in. Fellas, what's the good word? Hey. What's going on, man? How y'all doing? I'm good. I'm good. So we are continuing, it's the month of June, we're continuing our conversations related to fatherhood and the community, and uh, I'm excited about this episode. We have a special guest, um, someone who we've all been interacting with for a little over a year, uh, almost a year and a half, but um, is new to the Dad Jeans podcast, so we're excited to welcome another Brian. So Brian,
1: welcome to the show. Thanks. Excited to be here. And thanks for having another Brian. It's with an I, so at least there's a little difference there. A little difference. Yeah, yeah. it'll Just sound a little different difference? when say it. Just, Just a little, little difference. <laughs> As we were to ready. the well-tuned yeah. ear. Yeah, Yeah. We
2: like there we go. It's going to work. There we go. There we go.
0: Throughout the, the podcast, if you hear me refer to B, that'll be Brian Jackson, who is our our longtime host. And if I refer to Brian... Then that'll be our guest for the day. So we have complete confidence in your ability to work it out. And uh, to the extent that we get mixed up ourselves, give us a little bit of grace. So, fellas, um, one of the things that we've been doing recently are mental mental health check ins. And mm-hmm. um, I'm curious, has the sun changed anything? How are you doing?
2: Well, I'll tell you this: I, I'm I'm doing very well, man. Um, I don't know. If, I, I don't know where this will play with the listeners. Actually, yeah. Last week was my first uh, first day at the new job, and I gotta admit, I am energized and exhausted all at the same mm-hmm. time. Uh, it's a it's a it's a great experience. The there are a lot of like you know like early twenties workers there, and I I remember having that energy. <laughs> I remember the enthusiasm and and, and said, "Hey, you know, have you thought about this?" And I'm like, "Wow, I'm the old dude now." You know, just kind of sit back, old like, dude in the club, old dude. I'm the the all right. I'm the old dude. <laughs> <laughs> I was patched back in my yeah. day. <laughs> I'm like, "Why are you doing so much, young blood?" You know, <laughs> Daddy O, <laughs> yeah, you got nothing, to, nothing to prove. You know, but no, it's um. It I, I it's an interesting feeling just being around that energy and uh, I'm loving it. It has me in a good spot mentally.
0: So I'm going to put you on the spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things B has done in the past is he segments it when he does his his mental health check-in. So as it relates to your professional life, mm-hmm. um, considering you're starting a new job, on that scale of one to 10, one being everything is perfect, 10 is, you know, my hair is on fire. Uh, where where would you segment your professional health?
2: So my professional health right now is at a solid nine. Like nine is your hair smoking. Oh my goodness! Why can't ten be great? That's right? Man, we've been doing this for two four weeks now. <laughs> I hate it. Two. <laughs> hey, two. Every week, I oh. am at a solid two, working. and I said it with enthusiasm too. You know, I <laughs> am terrible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <You know? laughs>
3: Own it. We love you anyway, man. You can be terrible. Nah, nah,
2: nah. I am at a solid, secure two. You don't even okay. know what you at.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And on the um, I guess on on the family front, uh as I am at a two as well. It, it's interesting. We'll talk about it a little bit later. But um, you know, there there's there's a good rhythm going on and I'm in a good spot. Good.
0: Funny how these things feed into each other. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. okay. B, how are you doing? Uh
3: so I'll stick with health. Um decided to take a Peloton pledge, man. And it is committing to at least 20 minutes a day riding this bike. Um cuz I've already started to see like the benefits of just the consistency and muscles starting to loosen up. Aches starting to kind of disappear. Sleep is getting a little bit better, and so the intentionality around man, I've been neglecting this, um, has you know kind of propelled me to really just commit to the bike. I'm doing a four week, a four week class um, with different interval training experiences. So that has me um, at about a at about a three uh, because I still want to be lifting. Weights And I just got to get kind of get back into that. But I tell you, nothing like like stretching. So I'm about at a, a, a three. And then on the home front, man, like at a one or a two, um, I didn't realize how much I missed seeing uh, family. We actually have um, family in town from L.A. And Faiza and I had an opportunity to uh, have some babysitters. And so we did a date night. Uh, where we actually went out uh, to a restaurant and sat inside, and it was it was it was surreal. It was it was different, but it was the time that we needed. And so you know, it was just it was just amazing. It was great. And so um, yeah, like ones and twos, which is which is definitely where uh, is a good place to be. So yeah, man, that's where I'm at right now. How about you, D? I, I'm
0: imagining You, you notice and I Pfizer. tried
3: to jump right into you, man. There ain't no follow-up questions for me. Bad, What's up? You doing Tell me how you feel?
0: <laughs> I'm telling you how I feel. I'm imagining <laughs> you and Pfizer when, when your guests come to the door, like, hey, we missed you. You got your shots? Okay, here's baby one. Here's right. kid two. We'll be back in two hours. Or we'll text you. Why are y'all
3: dressed already? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, it's like the car is running, the keys in the car. We done pre-gamed. We got, listen, if you need anything, just watch this YouTube video. We fine. Bye. See you. There's,
0: there's
2: some hot but It was
3: pockets also in funny, too, because, like, pretty much, pretty much, we actually have a, a baby monitor uh, that allows for us to engage with kids when we're outside of the house. And so, you know, we're sitting there and dinner and drinking some wine and laughing and talking, and then, you know, we see the baby move, and, like, we... We got active. We got right in the parent mode and it was just like, no, nope, we got folks there. The babies are fine. So. So, yeah, man, it was it was it was, it was definitely good. Wine, it never taste so good. Right, you got a, know.
0: you got a baby monitor sat phone.
3: Right. <laughs> Pretty much. Listen, look, okay. we, we them new parents, you know, you know, we got Harris over there talking about the youngs. I'm, I'm one of them young and new old folks, too. Like, listen, I got to get with the technology. We got this app where we can see the kids. The best part is when you can talk to the kids on the phone. Yeah. And tell them to go to sleep and stop playing with the toys and put the lotion away.
2: Like it does scare them. It does. It does. It does. Okay.
0: But But anyways,
2: um, I'm great to hear. Great to hear.
0: I'm doing very well and better than I deserve. um, In in all honesty. So we had a situation, Ella and I, this week. Um, If you're from and around the D.C. area, I'm not sure how much the other parts of the country are impacted, but. It's cicada time. And, uh, you know, every 17 years, these giant, like, thumb-sized creatures come out of the ground. They do their thing. They're harmless. But they are not the best on the eyes, and they are a major inconvenience. So my daughter is definitely afraid of cicadas, right? She's telling me how she doesn't like them. And I'm like, why? What have they done to you? What is it? They're just living their life. So we're driving down the street, Windows down, sunroof opening. I'm telling her, you know, live your life. Don't worry about these things that come every, you know, every 17 years. So we're at a stop, a stoplight. Cicada comes through the sunroof, bounces off my head, and falls in her lap. So oh. she's she's screaming. Oh I'm flailing, trying to get it out. Uh, she's She's shrieking. The other cars around us are stopped because she's like, year old girl screaming at oh the top of her lungs so they're like did he take her and so we finally get the cicada out and we just laugh hysterically um and like we literally i think we might even miss the light we we just sat there and laughing and i haven't laughed that hard in a long time and it's nice. you know with, with with ig clips and and you know lol text messages Sometimes we forget like what a real old school to my eyes are watering laugh feels like. But I was able to have one of those with my daughter and was laughing as much as my at myself as I was, you know, with her. And uh, it, it was it dropped whatever stress level that I had had from a from a kind of a challenging week all the way down to a one. So I, I'm I'm happy to share that. And. The cicada actually flew out. It wasn't harmed, and then we didn't cause a traffic accident. So it seems to have all ended
2: on a good note. Well, here's his, his what's funny about it. There's no way for you to be, like, mellow or chill. You know, like, it hit you in the head. So now, It
0: bounced off my head and landed <laughs> in her
2: lap. <laughs> you know, there was no calming down. You know what I mean? Like, oh, man, that's rough. Because, yeah, listen,
0: I was, I'm not saying I was screaming like she was screaming, but I was I was alarmed as well.
2: (laughs) You were
3: alarmed? Oh my gosh, man! You were screaming. Ain't nothing wrong with it, man. Listen, we are dads. You can
0: channel your inner scream. It's all good, man. It's all good. Own it. That's 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 my check in,
1: (laughs) Brian. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. I uh, we're going on a family week long family vacation headed closer to you all in uh, Virginia um, with my parents and kids and everything. Uh, For a week. So we're in that like frantic packing, making sure we've got everything organized. My mom just sent us like a five page text of everything she's already planned to bring from, you know, laundry detergent to extra baby wipes, you know, the works. And I'm just like, okay, you know, I just wanted one night off to go on a date with my wife during our vacation. But if you want to bring all this extra stuff. So I'm at like, you know, two or three rather than eight or nine uh, on that front with the family. <laughs> but um, but it's also that transition from school into summer. And I've got one daughter who's already done. And then our preschooler has until next Wednesday with their big preschool graduation. So, you know, a little bit of nerves and, and emotional energy going around the house with this new schedule. But we can get into that later. So as, as we jump in, uh, before we get a chance to learn a
0: little bit more about Brian and why he's here. Uh, we're going to do the question of the week. So, uh, whose turn is it? It's your boy B. All right. So,
3: the question of the week is if you could design a fatherhood boot camp, what is one class that would have to be a requirement? Six weeks, let's just say a six week long father boot camp. What is one mandatory class? That a father will have to take. And then there's a part two to this question as well. All
0: right. I got mine. I like
3: the question. Um if you didn't, I still would have asked it. You realize that.
0: Yeah, but then we, I would know. just destroy the question with my answer. But I'm Okay, I can't pair. wait to hear what you got to say. <laughs> <laughs> my my mandatory class would be how to recharge. Okay. You know, because we tend to be great when we're on that first uh, you know, that 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 first wind. But, you know, after I stepped on the Lego, after I told you to fold your, your stuff for the third time, or after I tripped over your shoe because I'm carrying the groceries, sometimes we're not at our best. So my class would be how to recharge to make sure that, that your downtime is productive and, and that you're able to get back to, to being
2: on your A-game. Mine would be um, don't take it personal. Uh, and basically, the the focus would be just you know, especially around having like your first child. I think we we might have even talked about it during the first um, our last episode. Just just don't take it personal, yeah. Uh, and still being present, you know, like how can you not take it personal uh, to be present? That would be in parentheses. You all took
1: mine, um, so I'll, I'll go more with a literal boot camp thinking army drills and speed sprints kind of stuff. I would do a middle of the night you have like timed exercise, get woken up by a, a horn or a crying baby and response time. See how quickly you can get up, change the diaper, get the baby fed and fall back asleep. Because I think that's the one thing that especially that moms appreciate is how much can we take over to to balance that, you know, exhaustion hours and especially in the wee hours of the morning. And so if you can Respond quickly to a crying baby, but then also have the ability to get yourself calmed back down and fall asleep yourself. That that's like that's a brilliant, brilliant strategy there for yourself and a mindset to get built on. Not just right, a life please. skill;
0: that's a quality of life
1: skill. Right, yeah, true, right? True, true.
2: Get so back to sleep at the two. end. Oh, you sealed it.
0: <laughs> you gonna answer <laughs> the question? Here. Huh? Huh? You gonna answer the question?
3: <laughs> it ain't about me right now. All right, here's part <laughs> two of the question.
0: <laughs> what? Here's part
3: two. What? is a mandatory class that a a wife or mom would have to take?
0: You know, I think it would be somewhere along the same lines, but but it would be when to take time for yourself. Thinking back to my mom, I think that there were times when she, thinking of a gas tank, she worked herself past the part where the the e and the red light was on, you know. Um, and I think that that doesn't really serve anybody. Um, so I think knowing when to take some time for yourself, um, but in that same thinking, so that she could be back to her a game, so that she can, um, you know, deliver at the at the level that whoever the mother is uh, wants to.
2: It's hard, man. I, I think I've trained myself. To 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 not answer for her at all.
0: <laughs> Harry's gonna be scared, bro.
2: Know, I'm man. scared. So like, I ain't trying to end doing. up on Unsolved Mysteries, man. Um, no, we gonna know who who <laughs>
3: solved it. Okay, we gonna know what
2: happened. <laughs> okay, so if I had to uh, impose a class, I guess uh, it would be I don't know, just uh, meditation. Um. That's meditation time, not necessarily just time for self, but um being able to kind of recharge. And I don't know. I just want. I just want to have some peace. <laughs> I just want her to be at peace, whatever.
0: So let me ask you this, Harris: Why, why not the same class that you would make uh, for men? Did not take it personal. Uh,
2: just because I was trying to, you know. Give better radio. <laughs> Save your hide. Is that what you're doing? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> okay. no so I was like, yeah, hey, man, it's a fake answer different. you give it, man. Come on. It, it, it really gets a... Meditation, you know, some man, sound like healing. Well, if y'all gonna force me to give an answer, that's what you're gonna get. How are you forcing you to.
3: <laughs> man, listen, I think she's behind that green screen. I think she's looking right over you, like, yeah, say it.
2: Say it. Yeah, play Man, listen, I would never pick a class for her. You pick your own classes. Interesting,
1: interesting.
3: But but you, but again, with the question, it wasn't specifically about your own wine.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: It's interesting that you mm-hmm. went to that. That's, so my, that's a famous
1: reference. That's my right. <laughs>
2: but it shouldn't be if you're, if you're oh, developing.
3: I think Pfizer would take. It. <laughs> no, I mean I I know what I would want. You know, if we were speaking about Pfizer, like I know what I would want her to take. Right. Well, hopefully, like, you answer it this time. You did. Yeah, I will. Like, way. I would love for her and other mothers to be your wives to take just a communication class. Right, and and that's based upon like understanding, like how we think and why sometimes it's difficult for us to articulate things and why it's difficult for us to be able to put meaning to what they are saying when it is so vivid for them. Right, communication across any line it's tough when one person is in need and another person is trying to receive it, right? Like, that's what communication is all about. But clearly in a marriage or a partnership, you have someone that is giving and someone that would, that is receiving. And so, you know, it's just not easy for a man to be like, all I needed to say was I'm sorry. Or all I needed to do was say like it's it's, it's challenging it's, it's it's a struggle sometimes
0: so you know it's the growth process so. so so this is not to critique the answer that either of you gave but both communication and not taking things personal both of those are two-way streets yeah. if if only one person is taking that class how is the the how are the two people made better
3: but Again, I didn't give my, my first answer.
0: But that's your fault. All right, <laughs> you so didn't incomplete on your right. own assignment.
3: I would take a communication course too. <laughs> 100%. 100%. Okay. Um, but it would be then great and purposeful to see how what both of you have learned can advance you know, to that next level. So that's what I would do.
0: Before Brian goes, I just want to share this really, really quick. When we found out that Tamika was pregnant, the very first thing we did was we got, well, another test. But after we were clear oh, funny. That, that, that she was pregnant, we signed up for a, a therapist under the guise of being able to establish a mechanism for communication. About four sessions in, the therapist quit. <laughs> it was just like, good luck, y'all. The so, therapist? Y'all the, broke the therapist? Bro, the therapist walked out of her own office. But I I just was I just remembered that when Brian was saying how wonderful it would be if both of us took the communication course. So best of It's so good to
2: know what your face was though, because you were looking at it like maybe. Look, best of
0: intentions, but they don't always land that way.
1: Brian That's true. <laughs> uh, Yeah. without ado. Just, I I will turn in to say that whatever whatever a father should do, definitely a mother should do, and vice versa. So like I'm not gonna say that. We wouldn't shouldn't have the mom go through like the wind sprint thing for the like the, I said for the dads, but I think just thinking back for us, it's um, like budget stuff, right? Like mm. there's just so much stuff you get for free and gifts and all that stuff, but you know there's all sorts of cool toys and other things that you just want to spend on your kid and having um, a physical conversation with your partner around what what we actually need, what we don't need. Um, but also how to say no to all the freebie stuff that relatives bring in. I think, you know, we've had so many buckets of stuff handed down to other families or off to goodwill because we just kept, you know, we, we were a repository for, for things. And we my wife and I just weren't in sync on some of that stuff at times. So that's yeah. what I'll say. Yeah. Even the gifts
0: can be tricky because then that that cousin calls and Whatever happened to that dolphin outfit that I gave you guys? It's like, oh, God. Kid, put on a dolphin outfit so I can take a picture. We can burn it later. You can burn it right after. But, like, that stuff, you know, you want to honor that stuff. But, yeah, you're right. It can be very overwhelming.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We're we're literally dealing with that um, right now. Uh, It's like a quarter of our basement. Kids don't even know that we've taken toys out of their room.
1: Well, my firstborn was born a week and a half before Christmas, and for her first two birthdays slash Christmas seasons, we didn't even open some of the stuff she got. We waited till like mid-February, and we're like, oh, hey, look at this, because we had just so many things, because she was the only grandbaby on both sides. And, you know, she had more, you know, and kids' attention spans are pretty short, so she was running through some toys, and we're like, we got to hold some of this stuff back. We got to extend this gift season.
2: Man, all of that—that that was funny, man. So, B, B, did we, did we answer? Um, you How know? you putting that back on me? Like I'm going to validate
3: y'all. Dude, I, <laughs> I ain't gonna have y'all wise mad at me. Like, <laughs> no, <I'm>, no. <laughs> no, thank you. But thank you for answering the question. Cool, cool, cool. Do your thing. All right, Harris.
2: Thank you, brother. Thank you for the uh, alley oop. I am really excited about today's show um, because of the tension. Um, today's show is hitting on the fact that, like sometimes as fathers, we can actually hide from our families in service, uh, in the service that we perform for them. You know, sometimes we say that we're putting our nose to the grindstone for them, but I'm probably doing it for ourselves. Um, when does the overtime and endless grind become an excuse to distance ourselves from fathering? uh it's it's a it's a conversation that um brian and i had at one point and i said you know what i would love to discuss this uh with the rest of you so um i think that's even a great time for the intro uh brian anderson uh thank you for joining us and uh tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, but start off with your six-word memoir
1: yeah yeah happy to thanks for having me on the show again um I love six-word memoirs. I used to use this with my student leaders when I was a chaplain at a university. So give me uh, some fond memories. And Mm -hmm. ultimately, I'm going to go with A Wanderer wanderer Turned Settler Planting Roots. And I say that because uh, I'm from Indiana, a lot of farming community in my blood, close friends who are farmers. Um, But I ran away, so to speak, and lived in Anchorage, Alaska for four years in my 20s with the Jesuit Volunteer Corps, which is kind of like a Peace Corps or AmeriCorps program, and really started becoming a community activist, uh, advocating for the homeless, um, really learning how governmental systems and policy works. Uh, But throughout my 20s, I traveled a lot and uh, didn't really think about a family until I got back to the Midwest when I was in my late 20s and met my wife when I turned 30. And she was very clear. We're in Chicago, and I said okay. <laughs> so ten years on, we're we're still together. We're still here. Uh, we got two girls, seven and four, uh, planting roots figuratively, but also literally, with a garden in our backyard. And um, but through all of this, you know, when I was sixteen, I had a job at a library, reshoving books because, you know, I don't know why I thought that would be a cool job, but that's my first job ever. And there was this kid in the little room in the kids' room, kept calling for his dad. There's just something about the way this kid was calling his dad and how his dad responded that I was like, I want that someday. I -hmm. I I really want to be a dad Mm -hmm. someday. But as men, we aren't taught to talk, especially not teenage boys. We're not taught to you know celebrate being fathers. You know, we want to go out and throw wild oats, do all these other things, and we don't take the home ex class and all that kind of stuff. But um, but I took that class. I mean, I took, I, I took, I, I took, I took a I ain't gonna lie.
2: Yeah, I was like, we got free food, man. Let's go. <laughs> Strawberry waffles. I remember. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I well, but know what you, cream brulee is, but we're about to make it, Jack.
1: Did you have to carry the baby around? Like I saw we girls. We do caring. that part
3: though. No, yeah, we ain't. We ain't yeah. It. I, been I never saw with a boy carrying
1: a baby doll around, but I saw yeah. plenty of girls in my high school, but, um. We had
3: a baby egg.
1: We had a baby egg. To do okay. Baby egg. okay. Yeah. There you go. Um. But as as I became a dad, for real, when my daughter was born, I struggled a lot because none of my friends had kids yet. And mm-hmm. so I didn't know, like, is this normal for me to be freaking out or is this like what a baby should be doing? Is this the right role that I should be having for my wife and my kids? And and so I, I don't want dads going through that anymore than they have to. And so you know, Chris Lewis and I, co-founder of Fathering Together and I, we started building a Facebook community. And at first, it really was just a space to connect and and share stories, share resources. But dads were really showing, like, there's grief here, there's pain. There's dads that just lack confidence, even though they've got all the skills, right? Like, we know what we need to do. How do we we assert that? How do we build that confidence in men and fathers? And so...
2: So I, I didn't even mention... Yeah. Fathering together yet, so so yeah. Give us the official what what is fathering Sorry, together, yeah. and,
1: and and let us know some of the things you got going on right now. So yeah, I kind of got caught up in my own head there. um So yeah, so I am currently the executive director of Fathering Together. We're a five hundred one c three that is really envisions an equitable world where dads are active and engaged in the lives of their children. And when we say active and engaged, it's not just doing the diapers, it's not just doing the chores to keep the house in order. It's literally like planning, co-leading, doing the work that makes your kids have a good, rich, full, and happy life. And that could be, you know, having a good job and providing financially, and then helping with homework in the evenings. It could also be being like, you know, the Cub Scouts or a pack leader or sports coach. It could be sitting on a school board and advocating for your kids to have access to different things that they may not have in your community. But we want dads to see themselves as really central and to lead with their fatherhood identity, not as a secondary identity behind, well, I'm a lawyer or I'm a, I'm a laborer and I, I'm a master carpenter or whatever their career profession may be. But, but again, I think when going with the theme of this conversation today, how are we integrating what I love to do during the day with the life that my children need me to have so that they can have a really successful life too?
2: That's awesome, that's awesome. How, how do people get connected with you? And and also, I know you have an upcoming event, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, uh, and, and thank you, Harris. You're gonna be on one of our panels, but the Friday before uh, Father's Day, June 18th, we're calling it Father's Friday. First time we've ever done this. Um, it's in somewhat loosely connected and in partnership with an organization called Mother's Monday. Mother's Monday is all about celebrating moms getting back into the workforce, having resources and support for them to keep their careers while they have their children. And so in the flip side, how are we helping dads mentally check out of work? How are we helping dads recognize that the skills they have in the job, whether that's program management or team leadership skills, how do those translate into the home as well? Um, in, In a manner of speaking, if you can take a brainstorm meeting, come up with a product and see it on a shelf in a few months, you can get your kid out of bed, dressed, fed, and to school on time. Because it's just using a sauna, right? Or whatever program management software you're, you're comfortable with. It's breaking it down into manageable steps and, and building a team to be successful and, and communicating that success and what that looks like in the workplace, but also in home. And so over the course of June 18th, we've got dads from all walks of life sharing what they do to build a vision for their themselves as fathers how they're um, advocating the workplace through either their leadership in senior leaders or just advocating for their own space to have paid and parental leave available to them. And then with you, Harris, joining to talk about what are those skills and how do we kind of navigate the the work life and the home life and, and integrate them as, as much as we can. So really looking forward to the day. Um, you can learn more at fathersfriday.org and that'll direct you to Fathering Together and a lot of the other stuff that we're doing.
2: Great, 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 man. I really, I really appreciate it. I'm excited uh, for you to help us uh, even have this dialogue. So yeah, so, awesome. I, I um, just
3: want to commend you also in that, you know, what you're doing is establishing a movement. You know, I, I don't want that sure. to be um, lightly kind of over, overlooked um, because to create a space virtually for men to be vulnerable is a skill in itself but for that to then bring other men you should be definitely commended for for that you know and so uh, we want to make sure that you get your flowers now um, instead of after the fact um, just to be able to see how this vision turned into an actual thing so that's pretty dope man
1: thanks thanks I mean i I'm pretty humble in in my daily life and I want to take some of the credit but as a good friend of mine said like Brian you're an influencer you you got to own that you've got over 125,000 dads who are part of your community that's not something to take lightly and and I don't obviously don't but I also have had friends in the group say like this is not Brian Anderson's cult of fatherhood whatever this is really a community of dads and so it takes all of us to really lend our voices together and and share how our differences in approaching fatherhood make us all stronger. Because, I mean, I'm a white boy from Indiana, that middle of the road, politically, you know, Catholic, all this kind of like, this is who I am. And one of my best friends is a Malawian dad who I've never met, probably will never meet in real life, but we've had a few conversations now. And the way he talks about his kids, I'm like, I'm jealous, right? Like the passion that he brings to his fatherhood makes me be a better dad. And, and he says the same thing back to me. Just as much as the guy, the biker ex-felon dad in Colorado, who has turned his life around to make amends and to do right by his nine-year-old, I would never cross paths with him and say, "Oh, I want to be best friends with that guy." But removing everything aside and talking about our shared experience of fatherhood has has really, you know, opened up doors of empathy, of building bridges, and and showcasing like we all want what's best for our kids, and so why don't we put aside the machismo, the the big muscles and, and whatnot and just get real and be honest because in the end, that's that's all we can do, right? That's all we can do for our kids is to be honest and help them sow a life in front of them. Yeah, Sorry to get too yeah. sentimental on you, but mm-hmm. that's just how I roll. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Um,
2: Dina, why don't you go ahead and get us started with our first question.
0: So as we talk about the, the hiding from our family or what way develop into a conversational work-life balance. Um, I think we'd be served if we first kind of gave a definition so that we could at least all be working from the same page. Um, So so what do you guys think of when you think of work-life balance? What does that mean to you? You know, could it really
3: be a balance, right? Like, it seems as though one takes precedent over the other and the other one just happens to be there. And in the ideal sense, it would be like a 50-50 split, like being able to disconnect from the work and devote time and energy to family. Um, but then, you know, that 50-50 split, how do you find time for yourself? So it's a definition that I think is forever evolving per person, but I have not seen anyone do it in a way that I would like to model, because either you are on the work grind, you are on the family grind. Um, you know. So that is a, a question that I would love to get some answers to.
0: Before we move forward, B, I want to push back just for clarification. Yeah. When you say ideally one would take precedent over the other, which is which? Because it may not be clear.
3: Well, that's that's, that's a million-dollar question, right? Some people devote you know, to being a breadwinner, right? And trying to put food on the table. Uh, for others, it may be, you know, committing everything to the to the family. And so, um, you know, I, I welcome the pushback, but you know, again, it de- it depends on the person. It, it depends on the person. I mean, because you could work somewhere and really want to have a healthy work life balance. Uh, but if it's frowned upon in the workplace right? Like you got to leave early to pick up kids or you can't take this meeting because you have to go to the
2: dentist. You know, it it creates another, another struggle. I actually spoke a little about this earlier when we were coming on this concept of, of, of balance. Um, like for me, I've always struggled with balance. Like, yeah, I remember even in elementary school, uh, when my math grade would go up, my history grade would go down (laughs) You know, so um, I've tried to lean into this concept more so of rhythm, uh, trying to just just get a cadence um, about things, uh, because, um, you know, if my battery gets too depleted with work, um, then work and family is going to be off. And if I, you know, and vice versa, if I spend too much time with the family, then eventually... Family and work will be off. So, um, you know, of course, there are times when you want to give, you know, work maybe eighty, maybe a hundred percent. Family definitely a hundred percent. But um, I would, I would say that you know the aim is to just keep a good rhythm, uh, just so I can give, so I cannot black out on one or the other.
0: But but Harris, you started the show. Being excited about work, and also stating that family was was thriving, and and identifying that there's a connection. Mm-hmm. Like, why does it have to be one or the other?
2: Uh, it, it doesn't have. I mean, uh, different stages of life. Like, this is new. You know, I'm starting a new job. Sure. Um, you know that that's not. You know that's not three years in. But you're also set, <laughs> you're also setting the tone. True, true, true. It's just, I I mean, at least I can speak for myself. Of course, of course. uh, Once we get into a, um, you know, into a rhythm uh, and things start to balance out, um, you know, uh, and as much as you can have that with a family, because there's always something happening. But um, yeah, when things start to settle, um, that's when I I have to get into that groove. You know, it's funny, like my therapist um, one time brought up that like I like to keep things stressful, meaning I'll start a new job. Well, when we first got married, we got we we got married, started a new job, bought a house, had children. I could have spaced some of that out, <laughs> you know, um, but it, it's always like there's. Um, yeah, not necessarily a crisis, but something stressful. Even a vacation can be listed as stressful.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, so I, I'm, I'm talking about when when we're just kind of in the stride of things. How do I make things work? Did I actually... I don't feel like I answered your question. That's you did it.
0: I it you did it, but it's okay. This is something that we... That's, <laughs> that's why we have this show, because this is a complicated concept. Yeah. So if you could answer it with the first question, then it would be a
1: short show. <laughs> Well, more and more, I think people are talking about it as work-life integration, not balance. And for me, I was working a full-time day job as fathering together was getting going. And in the beginning, that was fine, right? There was a couple hundred dads on Facebook in a group just chatting about fatherhood and check on it once a day maybe. Um, but you know, when we started getting close to 100,000 dads, I was building an infrastructure. I was the COO and the CEO. And Chris was, you know, doing all the marketing and and we were building a team and, and it became a life of its own and very different from what my day job was. And so there wasn't a way for me to do both jobs mentally in a 40-hour, in a 50-hour block of time and then just switch my mind to being with my kids, which was another part of my brain. And now though, uh, you know, I'm able to kind of have more integration where I can take a midday break, pick up my girls from school, and then get back to work after I get them settled for their afternoon routine. And I think that's the piece that I've been really reflecting on. Um, It's just how pre-pandemic, people would travel an hour to work, stay there the whole day, then travel home, and then have to switch on their parent hat but their kids are like well i missed 10 hours of your day i have to switch on i want to be with my parents, right like and so that that estrangement if you that might be a strong word but there's a, a distancing there that i think has evaporated to a, to some extent for many people during this pandemic because we've all been living on top of each other working educating our kids on top of each other so as we i feel like We went from one extreme to another and there's going to be some some answer in between hopefully coming out of this pandemic.
3: So so a follow up to that B is, or Brian what do you then personally sacrifice for that integration? Right? Because what I heard you speaking of was fathering together fathering together the girls, the wife the family. I heard nothing in there about you, right? Like, sure. I don't know if you like the golf. If you like the work. Like, what do you then personally sacrifice, or what becomes the new standard of? I won't get back to that, and that's okay because this is the new journey.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's fair. Um, well, for me, every morning I, I I I drink tea. So every morning I'll drop all the you know kids off at school, come home, set up some tea. And before I check email, before I get into work, I, for that five minutes, I just write in a journal. And sometimes that journal will turn into a blog or an essay that I'll try to get published. Sometimes it's just me making a list of stuff that is on my mind and won't go anywhere, but just stay on that page. Um, But in that process, it kind of calms me down and prepares me physically, mentally, emotionally for the day ahead. And I... A couple of times I skipped it because you know there's a, a meeting or a, an important thing I had to get done because I fell behind and I'm off the whole day because I didn't get that, that itch um, scratched. And but but I'll be honest, like I play video games, you know, like I'll watch stupid TV shows at the end of the day some nights just to be able to like unwind and, and check off that box. And so if anything, I sacrifice sleep, which is not Something I recommend, I'm naturally caffeinated for some reason, uh, I can get by on six hours a couple of times a week, but you get six
3: um, man, that is a ma- I would love six hours, okay, I mean we All got right. a, we got a six month year old that's just like, well, that's like true, that, yeah, yeah, that I tell you to wake
1: up <laughs> yeah mine are four and seven they yeah, they're they're allowing for they, we get nightmares occasionally, but you know they sleep through the night at Backstage, stage <laughs> so um, but yeah, I think it's for me it's sacrificing that sleep so I can get that extra hour of reading or watching a TV show that could have bad ripple effects too. But
0: I can attest to that as somebody who's received the email from Brian at two o'clock <laughs> in the
1: morning. Your time. <laughs> it was only oh, one in the morning for me. Fair,
0: fair, <laughs> fair. When I think of, of work-life balance, the first thing that comes to mind is that we're giving work too much space. You mm-hmm. know, if we, if we create that pie graph, My life on one half and work on the other half, that's, to me, that's insane. Um, I think that when we shoot for balance, work is a slice, like family is a slice, right? And the kind of father I'm going to be to a two-month-old is very different from the requirements of an 18-year-old. You know, one will require all sorts of things and the other will require money. Um, So I, I think if we shoot for balance... Just in general and include work as one of those major parts, then we can do um, what Harris talked about a better job and taking from one from one slice giving to the, another slice as that rhythm requires. But I think if we walk into the notion that work gets this part of us and the whole rest of our life is kind of jammed into the other end of that, of that scale, um, I think we set us up we set ourselves up for uh, frustration. Uh, particularly in this environment where we don't have the kind of careers anymore where somebody takes a job at 22 and stays there until they're 62. And then they get a gold watch. So if I've right. given work, like all of this commitment and all of this energy, what happens when they downsize? What happens when the tech bubble bursts? What happens when I don't make tenure or, you know, I, I don't make the cut in, in, in some other um, area. So I, I think that we need to protect ourselves. Um, from from expecting too much reward from a space that over time has has
1: given less and less back so in in your jobs either your current situations or in past jobs you know when you have an obligation to your family how much freedom did you have to push back to your supervisor and say hey i need two hours right like from 1 to 3 today i got to take my kid to a doctor's appointment but i'll put in Seven to nine p.m., I'll, I'll catch up on you. You know, I'll, I'll flex my time, right? I think that comes with that 22 to 62 years of your life working for General Motors. That's very different than now, where we have some of that flexibility to not have the nine to five jobs, right? So, anyway, I, I'll let you answer all.
0: No, I, I think it's an important question. I've had both situations. Uh, when Ella was born, I had my dream job, uh, didn't take Time off for paternity leave, even though it was offered uh, technically on the books. Um, but a couple months in, um, I needed to take time to literally care for my daughter because her mother was traveling and got fired when I got back. Uh, literally, the day I got back, I got fired. Leave was approved and all of that stuff. And, and other jobs I've had, the first thing they say is, listen, if you need to do X, Y, and Z, do X, Y, and Z. This is the job that we need to get done. If you're doing that job, looking over your shoulder or making sure that you respond to an email um, when the job is done is, is, is not going to happen. But on the other end, you know, if the job's not done, there's less flexibility to, to take to do that space. So that's been my experience. And so with the birth
3: of Nas, um, the place I was working at that time, said that I could only get two weeks of paternity leave. And that changed to one week. And so, um, you know, we had to do an emergency C-section for nine. And uh, we didn't end up going home until that Saturday. And I was supposed to go back to work on that Monday. And so, it's just like that Sunday, my anxiety was in overdrive. Because I'm like, the only one that's working, I gotta put food on this table, I got I gotta provide, I gotta figure it out. But yet, you know, I got this home situation. Right. And to the point where I just broke down. Cause I'm just like, like this Jenga has now just become a rubble of trying to put some pieces together. But from that position that I was in, that elevated me to be more of an advocate for positions that came post that experience to where I vocally, vocally share that I'm a proud father, I'm a committed father, and that I will be picking up my kid at this time so I'm not doing any meetings, right? At five o'clock, if I did my eight hours, or in some cases, if I did my nine hours, at five o'clock, I'm done. I'm not responding to text messages. I'm not responding to team chats. I'm not. not. And if you text me at 10 o'clock, that's off time. That's off time. And so I've become more comfortable with that. But it also is the environment that you're in, too. Because I imagine, like, if I was on Wall Street and I was a go-getter with the kid, like, it might be different. So I think the environment changed as well. So. it's forever evolving um but yeah I, I hear both of y'all like it's a struggle it's a struggle because you know they are still we are still in a society where it's assumed that the mother will take on the responsibility of everything right mm-hmm. and folks look at us like oh man, you're a committed dad that's awesome that you want like why wouldn't I want to be there for the first six weeks of their life? Did you grow up seeing balance as a child within the, the home front and, and, and how did that shape how you view that, that, that intricate dance between family and and other stuff?
1: Yeah. Today? Yeah. Yeah. It, isn't it amazing how much we see the world through the lens of our parents, even when we don't want to. Um, yeah. So my dad is a carpenter, had his own business when I was a little kid and kind of closed up shop when I was about five, I think, four or five. Um, and I've gotten various answers over the course of my life as to why that all happened. But my grandfather's office old carpenter and had a carpentry business his whole life. And growing up, my dad told me, you know, I couldn't provide financially, but it also kept me away personally from you. Mm-hmm. And my dad was very cold, distant. I didn't want your grandfather's type of fatherhood to be the way that I father you. And you know, when I was like 10, 12, like whatever, whatever that means, right? Like, I was just like, okay, sure. But as I get older, I realized just how much my dad lived by a code of, I'm a father that needs to make money, rather than I'm making money, so I can have a good family life. Like it was like, I'll fit a job in Uh, and or my job will just have to deal with I'm taking the afternoon to build sets for my kids because they're in the musical at their school. As I started really building Fathering Together with Chris, we didn't want this to be a job that consumed our lives because as my seven-year-old has said recently, Daddy, you run a group that helps dads get better, but you're not being a good dad right now. And she was being true. I was, you know, I had to take a call at dinner and I shouldn't I, I, I should say I didn't have to take it, but I took it. And and that night when I was putting it to bed, she was just like calling me to the mat. She was totally being true. Like I was putting the business ahead of her and and that's not who I wanna be. It's not who I want this organization to run. And so as I think about the lessons from my father, I really like need to bring some of that back because he was, you know, a little league coach. He ran our Cub Scouts for a couple of years. He built every set of every musical I was a part of in partnership with, you know, the teachers that ran it at my school. So he just happened to be in a, working somewhere. But his, my dad's life is all about fatherhood. And I don't, especially in the 80s, I don't, that was very not typical. You know, Brian, I don't make a, a habit
0: of arguing with the experts. Um, and your daughter clearly knows uh your skills as a father better than I do. But to be able to have the space to, to share that with you without fear of consequence and, and actually unpack how she feels. And for you to not take 10 years and a memoir and a movie <laughs> right. to like be able to interpret it and, and process it and apply it.
1: Um, I don't know, man. I,
0: I, I'd say that you, you're messing around and being humble again. It, it sounds like you're doing really good work.
1: Well, well, I, I like to paint myself well in these uh, podcasts, but no <laughs> <laughs> I'm it's perfect. Still, I, mean, I'm perfect. It's funny, like you know, people say like, "Oh, you should write a book, right? like every executive director needs a book, you need it, and, and every book has their like I had my down and out, hit the rock bottom moment, and then I built myself up and became successful. like right. I don't feel like I have that yet, and I, not that I want it, right? but um there's definitely like, yeah, moments where I realize, oh. I'm way too hard on myself or I'm I'm not taking credit where I need to. But on the same token, if my kid is seeing through all this, I need to be, I'm glad I have the relationship with her at seven, that she's willing to be so open and honest with me. But, but also, how do I do better by her? And how do I show her that I'm doing better rather than just slipping back into to old routines? And I think that's the... The, the masculinity piece that we're all faced with, right? Like our culture tells us we've got to work, we've got to be successful, we've got to have a suit and tie and work on Wall Street or work in a high-rise somewhere. And our kids don't care about that, right? Like our kids want us to go on a bike ride or go play in the pool in the backyard on a hot day. Um, they don't realize all the energy that goes into maintaining a house to have that pool in the backyard, sure. But there's ways to go about that and bring your kids into that. In a way that's healthy and developmentally appropriate too. Brian's question
0: brings to mind something that I wanted to throw to the group: What are we doing to give our kids the tools to handle balance better than we are?
2: Morning prayer, man. Um, recently, we started doing morning prayer, and I think it's so powerful uh, because not only do not only do we do morning prayer, but we also list um, a goal for the family and then a goal for ourselves. And it's amazing to see um, how the kids are understanding and, and prioritizing, even in their own lives. Uh, yesterday, uh, Nisia, she, she called me out because she said, Daddy, you failed. I was like, come on, what are you talking about? She said, you said your goal was to help uh, us clean our room. And I was like, "Well, all right, let's go in there and do it." You know, so um, just her recognizing, you know, you know, commitments, what's important, and all of that. I think is 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 creating a foundation that. Um, and I just didn't, it, I didn't have it that way. And um, and Brian, it's it's funny. The last thing you said that I really love uh, is that age appropriate piece. You know, uh, my my hope. Is that we keep doing this throughout their lives. And, um, you know, the foundation will be here now, just as children of them thinking, all right, you know, there's something I wanna do, something I wanna accomplish. But as they get older, understanding how that plays into what means the most as it pertains to living a good life. And I would say
3: that, um,
1: you
3: know, one of the benefits of this last year was being able to have uninterrupted time with both of the kids. Um, so so the balance becomes the giving of time and the mindfulness of how this was something that I'd never have received from, from, from my father consistently. And so we are very intentional about having dinner together. Right? We are very intentional about making sure that there is no television on but there is music right and so that music is becoming a part of of the narrative of of our family as well also the the heightened sense of not living in gender norms you know oh. so that balance is if Pfizer goes in the kitchen and start cooking and this actually happened now to say mommy what are you doing that's daddy's job you know and so the just being able to 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 shift that Family time is not always something that, you know, our parents probably would have been able to devote time to, you know, and so in, in, in just living in, in that space as well. It's funny because the Don and Harris gave me a hard time not too long ago because uh, I bought my son a vacuum, like a toy vacuum cleaner. And I was like, listen, okay. The whole goal here is that at least we can spend some time together my dad is cleaning up the crib. And of course, I get a text message from both Harris and the Don, like, why are you indoctrinating this kid to clean your house? Uh, and I was just like, well, because if he can eat my food and drink my water, uh, he can clean up this house.
0: <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> he, he can, I know you too, uh, but you can pick up the Cheetos off the floor and put them in a trash can. So, um, but in all seriousness, it's, really being intentional about family time and really being mindful that um you know time is of the essence like he's not going to remember like you said B, he's not going to remember what job i had he's not going to remember what deliverable provided but he will remember us walking to soccer practice he's holding my finger and the sound of his cleats hitting on the pavement as we're walking over to the field like he's going to remember that so
1: well and that's your deliverable right like yeah. that's the as like, this, I talk to a lot of dads and I use business language because that's how it's so ingrained in our minds. But yeah. if, if the deliverable as a dad is to get your kid to school on time, to get to practice on time, that meal is set at the table, then you got to work backwards, right? Just like any sort of event planning or product placement, yeah. like you work from the end to the beginning. And And I think so often we get so wrapped up in the work that we scramble at home and it's like, oh what are we gonna do for dinner tonight? I don't know, let's just do another frozen pizza. I mean yeah. nobody wants that every night. I mean, I think my four year old would eat pizza until <laughs> she goes through her bloodstream. But um but yeah the more we can plan and, and be actively engaged in that home life, the better for, for everybody. I was
0: just gonna say in Harris in my defense, <laughs> we were we were not teasing you for giving Nas a, a, a vacuum cleaner because it's a gendered item. It was because he had chores before he was potty trained. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's important to make that distinction. Like,
2: listen. Thank you. Well, so, you you're looking crazy.
0: You, you figure out that potty training at your own time, and that's fine. But in the uh, meantime, yeah. you hit this floor.
2: <laughs> hey,
3: listen, the best part about it, hey, you got to go to the bathroom. Hey, you better go. Keep cleaning up that flow. That's the best time. What's the vacuum? <laughs> hey, that's perfect multitasking. I love it. Hey, exactly. Like, Daddy, I went potty. Be like, all right, cool. You still got five more feet to go, Jack. you good.
2: Oh, that's great, man. Oh, Thank man. you, d Dodd, for, for the clarification.
3: Y'all, right? ain't, y'all,
1: y'all ain't no good. Y'all ain't no good. <laughs> On the theme of vacuum cleaners, uh, just wondering, like, how do you how do you break down the complexity of chores for your kids, right? like, Because you can't just say, go clean your room. Cause they'll just sit and play with their toys instead. Um, right. Like what, what's your method instead of you doing the work every time to, to get them empowered. Harris? Yeah. I, I do a lot of
2: gamification. Nice. Um, mm-hmm. So one of the big ones uh, that really kind of got things going as pertains to cleaning their room. Cause it's, it's crazy when you got two of them because they both are like, well, if the other one's going to mess up. So we put a hula hoop in the middle of the floor And it was like, okay, first things first, just push everything into the hula (laughs) hoop. That's the game. You know, push everything to the hula hoop. Uh, We do some similar, um, even with like sweeping, we'll put some tape and put a little square on the ground and they have to get all the, you know, all all of it in there. So um, we try to make it games. But the other part is, um, and that I had to learn over and over and over again, is one step at a time like we we sometimes ask our kids to do something and it involves three or four steps and you know like one one step at a time and two you can't walk away it's like cooking you know uh unless you use that instapot uh shout out to all the instapot users but if you know how to cook you know there's no cooking from the couch as my mom used to say i think it's kind of the same thing um so do this one thing show them how to do it um and then Here's step number two. So at least that's our approach. Man, super dad over here. What you got, Don? Let me let me hear your
3: super number one dad of the month response. What you got?
0: <laughs> nah, um, anybody who 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 knows me knows me. Um, uh, is probably listening to this with an eyebrow up because I am not known for being super clean. Right. Um, but Ella is actually very organized and has almost always been. And so it's actually a challenge to get her to not try to do things that are above, you know, what she should be doing because she just, you know, she just wants to be a helper. So that that's for really, that's where the key comes in, is allowing her to help me do things, but also knowing this is not going to be time effective. Like, I can just cook these hamburgers in seven minutes or I can cook them with you and it'll take an hour and 13 minutes. but. It's meaningful for us to do those things together. So um, she's actually, I learned from her in terms of organization skills, but when we do it together, just kind of knowing that this is an investment that is not going to pay off today. um, And we might eat cold food, but eventually it'll be something.
3: Look, bribery, (laughs) PBS kids, Daniel tiger, (laughs) veggie packs, yogurt and chips. Listen, I am sitting over here like, bruh, I just need for you to go to sleep. I'll let you watch TV tomorrow. And so, you know, it's not a proud dad moment, but they are young, right? And so, you know, it doesn't matter how many books I've read, the experiences, the courses that I take, all of that. Like at this particular age and stage right now, it's how do you establish chores to be a norm, right? And so as they see, us cleaning up after dinner, wiping down the table, pushing in the chairs, cleaning up the stuff on the floor. It then just becomes sort of like a natural habit. Um, but, you know, just like any three-year-old, he can flip and be like, look, I need to get to that couch and this TV. I'm just going to leave this cup right here with this spilled orange juice and throw a tantrum just so you can pick it up. But one thing that I, that both Fives and I have committed to is... You do it with us because we ain't going to do it by ourselves. And he's gotten onto that train and that seems to be working very well.
0: So as we close out, uh, thinking back to the question about a, a healthy work-life balance, I, I'd like to get, get from you guys, what are some of the indicators that either A, you, you've achieved it uh, and, and things are working well, or that, hey, you know what, something's off. Um, so it'd be interesting to know what are some of those signs or indicators?
3: I can just go quick. Um, you know, I can't disconnect from email, right? That is so hard for me. Like I find myself, you know, trying to balance between checking my work emails over the weekend
2: and checking them in the evening. So I need to get better at that. Oh. Um, no, that's a, that's a real one. For uh, me, it's uh it's it's living a double life <laughs> uh when i was when i was young my mother used to say that um uh, you know, when i'm running when i was running them streets uh come home and you know then now i'm church boy harris and she used to just look at me and say you're living a double life and I used to, say, mom you tripping but now i get it and um i i paid close attention to that you know is 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 Outside daddy, that much different than inside daddy, and um, you know, I like them knowing that. You know, yeah. Even if I'm in a work meeting, uh, I'll give them their moment. You know, jump back into it. So if I notice that I'm I'm two different people, then that's usually a trigger for me that um, the separation isn't healthy.
0: For me, fatigue. Um, when I'm when I'm not on, uh, I'm drained. And and it, and I, and there's nothing I can do. Um, it shows itself. Um, when in my inability to show up, how about Mm -hmm. you, Brian?
1: I think a bit of where are you drawing inspiration from? And if you are only drawing inspiration from work and you feel like your family is the drain on you, that's a, that's a bad sign. But in the same token, if you're only getting your sense of being from your family you need some sort of outside inspiration that you can bring in, right? Like if you are only living for your child or your spouse, and then they change interests, like they grow up, they go on to college, what's gonna what's gonna balance your life after that? And so I think it's it's having multiple sources of inspiration to know that your your work and your life is in balance.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So, Brian, before we let you go, if there's somebody who wants to learn more about you or learn about the work that you and Chris are doing or just wants to be a part of a community, um, how do they learn more about Fathering Together?
1: Yeah, our website's fatheringtogether.org, www.fathering.org uh, has all of our stuff. We do uh, monthly Zoom calls. We're going to start uh, coaching classes after Father's Day. We're getting that all lined up uh, with members in our group who are experts in various fields uh but if you're just looking to find a community of support just go hop on facebook and look up uh dads with daughters by fathering together dads with sons by fathering together we got a host of different other groups within that as well to to provide support and guidance as as you want to get involved but we're on all the socials as well so just look up fathering together and you'll find us appreciate your work appreciate you all for having me appreciate you all for giving life to our group too you all are active members so don't just put this on me for the movement Going back to what we were talking about earlier, this is it's a communal effort to, to create a community. So appreciate you all very much.
2: Thank you. Guys, you know yeah. how it goes. What's giving you inspiration? For a while,
0: Ellis had challenges with her math. And earlier in the school year, her teacher would give out assignments and said that they were optional. And one of the things I told her is that, you know, math is something that you have a challenge with. So every opportunity that you have to practice we're going to take, and they're not optional for you. And it was a point of contention for us, and there was a lot of pushback. But she came home this week. She was one of three kids who were recognized for their achievement in math in her class. And, nice, you know, not to knock those other two kids, uh, but I'm really proud because she stuck to it. Um, I didn't check in with her. We'd worked about the homework assignments, but she actually did every one of those optional assignments over 19 weeks and um, was celebrated in her classroom for it. And I was really, really happy that she was able to see the fruits of her own work. And and I was it was kind of a reminder to me that you can be the the fun dad, the dancing dad, but also the, hey, this is how we're going to do it. And sometimes you're not going to be my friend and that's okay because I'm looking at the big picture.
3: So I'll say real quick, date night, like that, it's, I mean, just looking forward to just spending more time with Pfizer. I mean, that is, it feels great dating your partner again, right? And so that's just huge. Then um, his ties is growing. He finished school. He's about to start summer camp. And, you know, just seeing him become more independent. But, yeah, that's what's giving me inspiration. What about you, Harris?
2: Um, you know, again, I'm doing this work around diversity and inclusion. And just lately, I've really been bumping into people really doing the work. Uh, People who who say that they are our allies, uh, leaning in, getting uncomfortable, having the hard conversations. Uh, For everyone out there who's doing that, uh, I just want you to know that um, it's appreciated and uh, it gives me the energy to keep doing what I do. And uh, Brian, how about you, man?
1: Yeah, um, my four-year-old, you know, Parents see this in the kids in all different stages, but she she's turning a corner developmentally and she started reading books to us at bedtime. yeah we've got, you know, the early Reader Bob books and she's like, Daddy, I'm gonna read to you tonight. And (laughs) took us about twenty minutes to get through five pages, but she got every word out, right? And and I was like, I will sit here all night long if you read to me. And it was just a a, just a beautiful moment, but also a a sad moment, because now that's another stage that I don't have with her. Like She's going to like, because her older sister, she reads to herself before bed now. So, you know, it was a bittersweet moment, but one that really made me, made my week. Cool. All beautiful gentlemen.
3: For all of our listeners, this has been the Dad Jeans Podcast. And we thank all of you for listening. And we really want to thank again, Brian Anderson uh, from Fathering Together uh, for just hanging out with us today. But we love to hear from our listeners. Um, If you agree or disagree, uh, like what you heard or you have something to the contrary please email us at info at uh don't forget you can definitely find us on instagram and Facebook at dadging podcast and as always um, please subscribe uh share with your people and don't forget to give us five five stars five of them five of them uh, for what you heard today um but be safe. Sane, good, and know that you are loved. Uh,
1: thank you for rocking with me through today. Peace. Peace. Peace.